in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Good afternoon. Right now, the local time, it's 106, and you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Again, you can always listen online at the website, which is dipietro.com. It's um, 106, a little bit of a, well, you just heard the forecast. Not the greatest day, but not the worst day. But, um, you know, we can always use a little bit of rain and so forth. Uh, but this portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pubman Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Folks, stop in and see them. Delicious food, drinks, and a great crowd. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pubman Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. I want to hear, I want you to hear, I should say, how the local media now, local press, how they're covering the Democrat um, rally last night kickoff midterm rally when in doubt you know and i also uh jeff makes a good point you know this was um cicilline when in doubt what what would he go to what would he go to when in doubt um it it, it always became they're going to take away your social security they're going to take away your Social Security, right? That was always, it's always on fear. It's always on fear. Now, they want to criticize, well, Republicans on crime and illegal aliens and blah, blah, blah. But with them, uh, that is exactly right. Cicilline, was all, they're going to take away your Social Security. Now they want to go to that. But let's hear how Channel 12, I'll play both, how they covered this. Rhode Island State House in Providence, a crowd gathering emotional responses to the Supreme Court's draft decision on Roe versus Wade. I'm Mike Montecalvo. And I'm Shannon Heggie. Tonight, listen just the way that's framed. Draft decision. You mean leaked document? Is that what they mean? The reacted reaction on a leaked draft? A leaked draft? Now it's Supreme Court decision? Wow, who wrote that? Well, the Supreme Court has issued... No, 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 that's not a Supreme Court decision. Wow, who wrote that? All right, let's hear it. With signs and banners, this group joined crowds of people in cities across the country voicing their frustrations and concerns. 12 News reporter Sheena Lushuto is there and joins us now live from the State House. Well, we heard several messages being shared tonight, like abortion is health care and legalize abortion once and for all. We heard this coming from people of all ages here at the State House today, standing together hundreds and hundreds of people showing their support, saying they believe women should have the right to have an abortion. Specifically, state leaders and activists here are calling on Rhode Island lawmakers to pass a bill that would cover the cost of abortions for all Rhode Island women. This is why one woman says she came out tonight. 
I'm here because I know women who have had abortions. I love women who have had abortions. I think that every woman deserves a right to control the freedom of her own body. Um, and, you know, the Supreme Court is acting as an enemy to women right now, so just here to kind of make our voices heard, especially on a college campus where pro-choice voices aren't often heard. Um, we just wanted to come out and make our mark. Now, it did not appear like any obvious counter-protesters were here tonight. 12 News did reach out to several historically pro-life people today, including Bishop Tobin. He told us he wasn't ready to comment on this until the court decision was made final. However, he is asking Rhode Islanders to reflect on what he's calling a very important issue. We're live in Providence tonight. I'm Sheena Lushudo, 12 News. All right, now again, notice there's no pushback. Like, you understand this isn't settled. Do you understand it was just a leaked draft? I, I get that they're there, then then just cover. And again, it was it was really a Democrat kickoff rally is is what it is. I mean, right? Um maybe maybe everyone doesn't see it for that. Um let me just find here we go. Rhode Islanders push for equality. You know, here's something that I don't understand. The, the, and they're saying there has to be a quality abortion insurance coverage. Folks, I have a question for you at 111. Why do you have to pay for it? Why does the public have to pay for it? If someone has diabetes, if someone has high blood pressure, do you have to pay for that? Right? If someone has high blood pressure or diabetes due to being obese, do you have to pay for that? Why Why should everyone have to pay for this? Because that's what they want. That's what they want. When they, and it's all the phrasing they use. When they say the word, there has to be equity, equality, what that really means is, we want you to pay for it. But we just don't want to phrase it that way. It's all in the phrasing. All right, here we go. Here's channel 10. To include the Equality and Abortion Coverage Act in the budget, sponsors say it's urgently needed following the leak. I'm Patrice Wood. Hi, everyone. I'm Dan Jean. We have a lot of ground to cover for you at 10 o'clock. So we have live Team 10 coverage on the leak fallout in Washington and here at home. We begin with the 19th's Molly Levine at that rally in Providence. Molly. Dan and Patrice, there was a large and loud rally here at the State House tonight demanding action. And as you can see, the steps to the State House now clear, but just about an hour ago, it was filled with advocates for this bill. The sponsors of this bill want abortion in Rhode Island covered by Medicaid and state workers to have the state's insurance cover it. Currently, this doesn't exist. Abortion is healthcare. Leaders and advocates for pro-abortion rights lining the steps of the state house. They just don't need to do this to each other. Demanding lawmakers take action to fully protect the right to abortion and diminish the financial barriers. Right now, state employee health insurance is banned by law from covering abortion. And Rhode Island's Medicaid program also will not cover abortion. Representative Liana Kassar and Senator Bridget Valverde calling on Governor McKee and House and Senate leaders to amend the pending state budget bill to provide a abortion coverage to Medicaid enrollees and state employees. This isn't where we expect it to be in 2022. Governor McKee saying in a statement in part, quote, I've been in full support of this bill and the access to reproductive health care that it guarantees for so many. I urge the assembly to send the bill to my desk and I will proudly sign it, unquote. The equality on abortion coverage. No, not right now. No comment on that at all. I say no comment, not right now. 
Meanwhile, Senate President Dominic Ruggiero declining comment today. His team says it's because the bill has not yet been heard in the committee. Ruggiero voted against the bill codifying Roe v. Wade in 2019. I would like to think... Now, this is also, you know, locally, they're going to use this to get him out. Now, Representative Liana Kassar and Senator Bridget Valverde calling on Governor... They are, these two, these two state senators are the def... And one of them is, is the definition of useless. This isn't an issue they feel strongly about. This is the only issue they have. This is their only issue. And of course, this is who they put on Channel 10. He and House and Senate leaders to amend the pending state budget bill to provide abortion coverage to Medicaid enrollees and state employees. Now, think of the and state employees. Again, I repeat, if a state employee has high blood pressure, should you have to pay for it? If a state employee you know, smokes or, or, or has diabetes, should you have to pay for it? Why should you, why should we, the public, have to pay for this? They can't answer that. Oh, it's equity, it's diversity, it's inclusion. That state Senator Bridget Valdez, she is the worst. This isn't where we expect it to be in 2022. Governor McKee saying in a statement in part, quote, I've been in full support of this bill and the access to reproductive health care that it guarantees for so many. Reproductive health care. Reproductive health care. Who came up with that phrase? Reproductive health care. Equity in coverage. I repeat, why doesn't he talk in English? Why do you have to pay for it? I urge the assembly to send the bill to my desk and I will proudly sign it, unquote. The equality on abortion coverage. Oh, I like, he doubles back. That's Ruggiero. No comment right now. He, as he's walking, you know, past the reporter. Young female reporter, by the way. Notice he doubles back and listens to what he says. Meanwhile, Senate President Dominic Ruggiero declined oh, comment today. He, he, he he's, because the bill has not yet been heard in the committee. Ruggiero voted against the bill codifying Roe vs. Wade. And let me hear that again. And Rhode Island's Medicaid program also will not cover abortion. Representative Liana Kassar and Senator Bridget Why should it? calling on Governor McKee and House and Senate leaders to amend the pending state budget bill to provide abortion coverage to Medicaid enrollees and state employees. This isn't where we expect it to be in 2022. Uh. Governor McKee saying in a statement in part, quote, I've been in full support of this bill and the access to reproductive health care that it guarantees for so many. I urge the assembly to send the bill to my desk and I will proudly sign it, unquote. The equality on abortion coverage. Meanwhile, Senate President Dominic Ruggiero declining comment today. His team says it's because the bill has not yet been heard in the committee. Ruggiero voted against the bill codifying Roe v. Wade in 2019. I would like to think that um, leadership in the House will not be a bump in the road. I know that um, over the course of um, this session, we have heard the speakers say that this is a member-driven body. Representative Kassar says 36 members signed on to the bill, adding that it's a good indication that members want it to pass. Many Rhode Islanders uh. hoping for the same and speaking out for those impacted. I'm here for my niece, and I'm here for every woman in this state, in this country, in this world. <laughs> That's quite a burden. 
Now the bill is currently pending now, before the General Assembly. Live in Providence, Molly Levine, NBC 10. All right, so Molly Levine of NBC 10, I'm going to, that, that, she, that's an activist. I like, not, not, not right now. So, you, so you're saying no comment. Uh, that, that's not what I said. I'm saying I, I'm not going to comment on it right now. I want to see. Let's wait to see what it looks like when it gets out of committee. Folks, look at how, and I'm no defender of Dominic Ruggiero, but look at the way absolutely they try. Oh, so you're saying no comment as he's like literally walking past them. Literally walking past them. Um, let me, um, oh, okay. I want to just find more on, boy, they were all flipping out for, about Biden's remarks. And, and, and Elizabeth Warren, her, I mean, that is, she kicked off 2024. That's what Elizabeth Warren did. I want you to listen to this part. Folks, this is all designed because they're losing. They're trying to say now, MAGA is the most extreme political organization in recent American history. Listen to this. On abortion, once this case gets settled. As I said, when I, uh, um, when this hit, as I was getting on the plane to go down to Alabama, um, this is about a lot more than abortion. I I hadn't read the whole opinion at that time. But this reminds me of the debate with Robert Bork. Bork believed the only reason you had any inherent rights was because the government gave them to you. If you go back and look at the opening comments of the Bork Biden when I was questioning him as chairman, I said, I believe I have the rights that I have, not because the government gave them to me, which you believe, but because I'm just a child of God, I exist. I delegated by joining this union here to delegate some obligation, some rights I have to the governments for, for social good. So the idea that somehow there is an inherent right, that there is no right of privacy, that there is no right. And remember the debate we had, you don't remember, but we had a debate about uh, Griswold versus Connecticut. There had been a law saying a married couple could not purchase birth control in the privacy of their own bedroom and use it. Well, that got struck down. Griswold was thought to be a bad decision by Bork, and my guess is the guy's on the Supreme Court now. What happens if you have a state change the law saying that that, that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other what? children? Who's saying that? Is that, is that legit? No one's saying the, that. The decisions this is the president now. What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political organization that's existed in America. Well, there you go. I mean, now you have the president of the United States fanning the flames on this whole thing. That is pathetic that he would do that. Wow. Oh, boy. The president of the United States throwing gas on the fire. Folks, that's how desperate they are. That is exactly how desperate they are. They are so fearful that they're going to lose the midterms and that the whole thing is going down the drain and that all the illegals are going to come up from the border. But I'm telling you right now, and again, good afternoon at 121. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380. 
at 99.9 FM. I'll tell you where it's going to fail is I, I just don't think once transparency is brought in here, um, once, you know, this is a lot of noise right now, but it's kind of early. When people start to see at the end of this month into June, the invasion that's going to be happening on the southern border. Um, between that and the high prices, no matter how much they, they don't want it, they don't want anyone focused on it, period. But for a president to be using his platform to say those types of things, wow. Now, locally, this is a good distraction. This is a good distraction locally. That's what the design is. The design here is to not, the, the, um, the goal, I should say, excuse me, the goal is to not have to talk about just how poorly Biden is and so forth. Um, Let's see. Kathy Gregg. Dan McKee is the only candidate who has named, at my request, the people who hosted quarter-run fundraisers for him, which I will add to my story from yesterday. No surprise, they include top-name lobbyists, public work contractors, and so forth. Um... The, uh, you know, the whole thing with Gorbea is just, well, we're going to find out tomorrow. Of course, some of the media, you know, the very large turnout at the state house. All right. At least this person says the content of the leaked memorandum. But you you would think that even someone like Governor McKee and then Nellie Gorbea leading the charge. Um, listen to this, folks. This is, again, on social media. My friend's 13-year-old son, this is what someone put out on social media, has come, 13 years old, boy, has come out gay to his female friends. The girls pressured him to be trans instead and have all now dropped him for not agreeing with gender ideology. Meanwhile, a boy in his cast is bullying him including physically for being gay. So a 13-year-old boy announces that he, in fact, prefers and is attracted to same-sex individuals. He, he announces that to his female friends. They then start pressuring him, why, why aren't you transitioning? He's saying, no, I, I just want to be a gay male. No, 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 no. You you have to transition. You have to transition. So so now he's not accepted by his female friends because he won't transition to being a girl and now the boys are going after him. Folks, very very difficult time for young people. Um right now, let's see, at 125 on this Wednesday, Folks, again, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. This portion of the program 
is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Wherever you can hear my voice right now, your best lawn ever guaranteed. They make great lawns happen a whole lot more. You can either call them Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, and I swear by them, because they you want to be part of their program. They have a uh, premium eight service program where they come out to your home or business. And first the early spring, then they do the spring lime. Then they'll do late spring, summer, grub prevention, early fall, fall, late fall. Don't forget about ticks and mosquitoes. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. George and his staff are terrific. 401-392-1025. But if you go to their website, they have a very easy to navigate website. And it's lawndoctor.com. You just type in your zip code and you get a quick, easy quote. All right, I want to play. So yesterday did kick off the... Um, a lot of states had primaries yesterday, and J.D. Vance was a big winner. It was a big win for President Trump in Ohio. So, uh, let's see. Steve Konacki, primary turnout so far may show warning signs for Democrats. Democrat. Let's hear This is uh, Meet the I know Press. what jumped out at me was turnout. When you look at 2018, 2022, look, it's one state, but it's an important state. It got a lot of attention. These turnout numbers look pretty bleak if you're a Democrat. Yeah, I think that's the thing we're looking at as we get more and more primaries on the board, Chuck, is is there a disparity in terms of party enthusiasm in 2022 uh, as opposed to what we saw in 2018? Remembering that 2018, obviously, was a great year for Democrats. It was a Democratic wave year, and we're wondering if 2022 is shaping up similarly for Republicans. So we've had three states now go in the primary process here. We can start to compare a little bit. I'm going to warn you ahead of time, Indiana is being very small yeah. with their count, so it's incomplete. Complete in Indiana, so there's really two we can look at here. But start with Texas. Back in March, we had the Texas primary, and overall Democratic turnout uh, turnout in Texas was up four percent from where it was in 2018. On the Republican side in Texas, it was up 27 percent. So you saw a much more significant jump there on the Republican side. Now, again, in every one of these states, there could be extenuating factors. You know, there was that race for attorney general on the Republican side uh, in Texas and a couple of things that might juice turnout. But again, that's why we look to see if there's a pattern. Now, again, Indiana incomplete. We'll see if that joins this. But then you mentioned Ohio, and this is what Ohio looks like. Democratic turnout down 27% in their primary relative to 2018. On the Republican side, turnout up 28%. Again, very similar to that number you saw in Texas. And again, it's a hot Senate race, national attention, open primary. Maybe there were some Democrats who thought, hey, you know what? That's where the action is. I'm going to vote in that race. You know, Tim Ryan has suggested that, hey, maybe there were Democrats who were there voting for Dolan in in the Republican primary. But now you've got two states where you've got Republican turnout up near 30%. You've got two states where the Democratic turnout is just not tracking with that relative to 2018. So, again, North Carolina, yeah. Georgia, Pennsylvania, these states coming up. Let's see if this becomes a pattern. And, Steve, you could stretch it back to November of last year when we saw disparities in turnout on the right and the left in certain, in certain base constituencies, both in Virginia and New Jersey. South Jersey, you know, it was the, the Republican area, the core Republican area in South Jersey where that red wave really hit. The turnout dwarfed what you saw in North Jersey, which is, you know, which is the reason that was a three-point race, Republican enthusiasm. Yep, and we've seen it in our polling. You're starting to see it here. Again, two's not a pattern, but two is concerning if you're on the D side of the aisle right now. Steve, 
Thanks very much. You know, you wonder about, <clears throat> folks, and again, good afternoon. Right now it's 129 on this Wednesday. Um, all of the hoopla last night, is that really going to turn out to votes? Um, when when people see Tierra Mack and Elizabeth Warren and the progressives, are they, is that really going to encourage independent voters to to start you know voting democrat i'm i think it's early i think it's early they obviously the democrat party whether it's rhode island or national they obviously felt they needed to do something to get their base awake something and the only thing that works is fear Um, I'm going to just find out the latest now. You know what else is odd is that whole uh, Dave Chappelle being the comedian attacked last night. I mean, that is. And then Chris Rocking back on stage and said, <laughs> was, was that Will Smith? I mean, that. You know, this is where they have opened up that that's what you do. He was attacked on stage at the Hollywood Bowl, supposedly by a a trans man who ran onto the stage and attacked him. And then Chris Rock came up on stage with him. Let me just, I think I have the sound of this on, um, I think I have it here. He just got tackled on stage during his performance. And security runs out there. And then Chris Rock with a great, great line. But, you know, this is where they... um, Oh, okay. Isaiah Arias Lee, who performs under the name No Name Trapper, recorded a song titled Dave Chappelle was arrested, charged assault with a deadly weapon. He's the one that did it. He's the he was armed, by the way. Whoever this lunatic is, there he is. Let me read about the. I don't. I don't think we can play it because I'd have to listen. I, I have a feeling some of the language is language that we can't play. Um, he he hey he did a song called Dave Chappelle. So there you go. So that is, I mean, folks, but that type of thing is dangerous. That this is now first joke after onstage attack. That was a trans man, he said. Um, was that Will Smith? See, th- this type of thing needs to be condemned. This absolutely needs to be condemned that that type of thing is... Um, I don't want to say it's allowed, but after the whole Will Smith thing, people start to say that's the way to go. Now, there's a big story that the Rhode Island Supreme Court upholds Privacy Act. I'm not going to take the bait on this stuff. I'm just not. I think, you know, in this whole business, women's body, you know, get the government out of my body and everything. Nothing. These are all. How about the parent? I actually. Oh, wow. 
Here we go. Channel 12 has a story coming up tomorrow. I think it affects that Carlos Tubin, Pawtucket rep. Oh, let me play this. Well, they have a full promo for May Sweet. Investigating the finances and business dealings of a state lawmaker on the rise. And at every turn, we uncovered a new controversy. Unpaid credit debt, unpaid loans, sued by a contractor, sued by a dead man, owed back taxes, allegations of fraud. So it sort of begs the question when you go through all that, why should the people of Rhode Island feel confident in you as an elected official? Trail of debts, Thursday on Twitter. <laughs> Wow. There you go. That is, I believe that that is Carlos Tubin. Who, uh, yeah, I believe that's who that is. That sounds like a good piece tomorrow. That's who they're identifying is the focal point of it. So, you know, it's actually good to see that because for a while... May was always it's it's because of May May sweeps that the television stations would come out with all their you know good pieces and so forth. So, but it's it's a big buzz that this piece is coming out. Let me just find him. Oh yeah, Rhode Island State Representative Fairlawn Woodlawn Neighborhoods of Pawtucket. Of course, a Democrat, by the way. So, of course, that he is, in fact, um, let me just see what he has. Oh, little, little light on the Twitter these days. There he is, Carlos Tubin. Uh, he apparently has some problems coming his way. Let me just check on um, his website. There's a nice picture of him with Nelly Gorbea. And, uh, and Nick Mattiello. There you go. All right. He's making it happen. He is... A, a, I, two weeks ago, I started my second legislative session. District 58 in Pawtucket. I'll fight for a new law. Protect those victimized by wrongful arrests. Starting with myself. I'm going to study the possibility of a Pawtucket Central Falls train station. And I have filed a bill... That would ensure body work spas are not offering illegal services. <laughs> ah, well, he is the one that everybody is suspecting here. That's quite a photo he has there. I'm sure Nelly Gobe is thrilled about that. He learned from the best. There he is, proud supporter. Of former speaker Nick Mattiello. I don't think Sakachi has embraced him. But there's um there's a lot of uh chatter, so to speak, on uh and I think Dan McGowan actually hinted at this when we spoke to him earlier. I believe so. A lot of buzz. There's a challenger to rep Tubin. So there you go. Um <laughs> sounds like a good piece. I like, you know, I'll give him credit. At least he sits down with Tim White. You know what's, folks, kind of interesting is, did, did he think it was going to be positive? Hey, the good news is Channel 12 wants to interview you. Fantastic. The bad news is it's Tim White. <laughs> Let me hear that again. When is this? Tomorrow night, Thursday, 5 o'clock. 
Doesn't sound doesn't sound like this is going to double as a campaign commercial. Investigating the finances and business dealings of a state lawmaker on the rise. And at every turn, we uncovered a new controversy. Unpaid credit debt, unpaid loans, sued by a contractor, sued by a dead man, owed back taxes, allegations of fraud. So it sort of begs the question when you go through all that, why should the people of Rhode Island feel confident in you as an elected official? Trail of debts. Thursday on 12. <laughs> I like the name of that. Trail of debts. Listen to folks again. Listen to the, this is Elizabeth Warren kicking off her 2024 for president. The United States Congress can keep the rovers the broad plan. They just need to do it. I, I've never seen you so angry. You I've never seen you so angry. The Republicans have been working for this day for decades. They have been out there plotting I can't believe this is, uh, it, it's just, we have to go through this whole thing again? Is this more of Elizabeth Warren? I am here uh, because the United States Congress uh, can change all of this. I have seen the world where abortion is illegal. And we are not going. Who said that that's happening? Biden. Biden with the political gaffe. I think Ted Cruz was right, though. I think Senator Ted Cruz was right. He can't have this stuff leaking out. Cannot have this type of thing leaking. That, that, that is... Um, I want to hear, this is Senator Ted Cruz talking about on the gas pumps where they have Biden pointing saying, I did that. He thinks it's it's uh, very very effective. The single most powerful organic political manifestation we've seen the past year are these little bitty stickers that show up on gas pumps all over the country with a picture of Joe Biden pointing to the price, saying, "I did that." <laughs> and it's true, though. It is true. He did do that. Um, he absolutely did that. I like, this is a LaSalle grad, by the way, Senator Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania on gas prices. It's laughable that suddenly the reason is because corporate America. That's driving inflation. It's one of the most ridiculous. I want to hear this. Here we go. But this goes back to the completely laughable idea that all of a sudden corporate America became greedy. Must have been very, very generous before Biden's inflation broke out. And I guess they expect that corporate America will become generous again. But in the meantime, it's corporate greed that's driving inflation. It's one of the most ridiculous ideas they've come up with. But, but, but that's, you know, Cicilline's part of that as well. Cicilline was absolutely trying to. Um, Cicilline was one of the ones leading the charge. That it was going to happen that way. Hmm. I want to go back to the um, 
Folks, and again, good afternoon at 141. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Hey, so that should be a good report tomorrow night. Uh, it doesn't mean that that uh, Tubin is not going to run. If anything, now he, it would almost be that he'd be, um, well, in some ways, the the front runner in some ways. Um Hey, this is a good idea. Teens can work out for free all summer at Planner Fitness. Thanks for the warning. Hey, I want to hear. Oh, this is good. Ashley Kalis. Now, she's the Republican, and she's running for governor. She stopped by Channel 12 and was part of this community focus. Uh, I want to hear how this goes. This happened to fall the same day that, uh, here we go. Only six minutes. By Republican candidate for governor Ashley Kalis. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So, 60 seconds or less, why do you want to be Rhode Island's next governor? Yeah, well, Rhode Island needs a fighter now more than ever. Uh, COVID brought front and center the haves and the have nots, and every day it gets harder for working families. Uh, We're getting killed at the pumps, food prices are soaring, Uh, electricity costs are out of control, and the dream of home ownership is so far out of reach for many. And as a mom of three school-age boys, I understand the struggles. And for me, I'm a problem solver. And I saw directly through COVID testing and vaccine how government does not work for the people. Uh, I am all about holding people accountable and getting things done. I believe in benchmarks, standards, and uh, key performance indicators. And that's what I'll do as governor is I'll hold people accountable and I'll get things done. I want to talk to you a little bit uh, right off the top here about today's top headline news that the Supreme Court is now poised to overturn Roe v. Wade. What's your initial reaction to this? So the right to an abortion in Rhode Island has been codified in state law. So nothing will change for Rhode Island. Exactly. And if you had been governor back in 2019 when the Reproductive Privacy Act was passed, would you have signed it into state law? So I can tell you, if you're asking if I'm pro-choice or pro-life, um, I'm pro-life and it's personal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was preeclamptic in all three of my pregnancies. My oldest uh, son, Leo, uh, was born at 37 weeks. I was induced right at that time, so mm-hmm. he was term. And he was... Um, he was under five pounds. Um, he was so small. So um, he was my baby, and he was always my baby. Also, uh, my husband and I struggled with infertility and IVF, and at some point, at some point, we decided oh. that um, that was no longer uh, an option that would work for us. Hmm. So you say you're you're personally pro-life, but policy-wise, would you have signed that? Oh, no, I'm pro. I'm pro-life. You're pro- pro-life, yes. but so would you have signed that into law? I, uh, I, I, you know, I am pro-life, um, and we are where we are now, and I think it's important for Rhode Islanders to understand now um, what this means, and um, the right to an abortion has been codified uh, into state law. I don't think we should be bombastic about things. Oh okay, switching gears. Uh, today, Kathy Gregg from the Providence Journal reported that your husband gave your campaign a $500,000 donation, which appears to violate uh, campaign finance laws. Your campaign told the paper it was an error, but yeah. as Kathy wrote in her article, it is unclear that the what the actual error was. The- a loan from your husband or the misidentification of the source. So which was it? I believe, and this is, you know, there's a treasurer, there's an accounting, but I uh, gave my campaign a loan. 
So it was misidentified as coming from your husband? If that, if that is, yes, that is the classification, yes. I gave my campaign a loan, and I've said I'm willing to write or raise whatever it takes to have a competitive raise. Um, your COVID testing company is set to begin closed-door mediation with the Rhode Island Department of Health, I believe, today yeah. over some unresolved issues connected to a multi-million dollar testing contract yeah. that was awarded to your company. What do you hope comes out of this mediation process? I'd like to say that I'm really proud of the work um, my employees at DTC did over the course of the pandemic. Um, uh, they uh, helped make Rhode Island the most vaccinated state in the country. And at the end of the day, um, we ran 12 testing sites and two mass vaccination sites, delivering over 30,000 vaccines and administering over 400,000 tests. Um, I had to leave my family um, in order to help when my occupational risk was too high, and I did that for Rhode Island. So uh, it sounds like you're, you're a little bit hesitant to talk about the actual mediation process itself, but are you prepared to go forward with a lawsuit if this mediation fails? I, uh, I'm focused on the work that we've done. Um, I believe that we've done good work uh, with and for the state. And Ashley, just quickly before we let you go, uh, you moved to Rhode Island last year. You registered to vote here in January. Can you pinpoint the moment where you said, yes, I am going to run for governor of Rhode Island? You know, there isn't this like magic sort of moment where I made that but decision. You met governor McKay. It was a series of disappointments that a lot of working Rhode Islanders go through. Oh. I. I had this dream of coming back to Rhode Island, and I only remembered the beautiful things about the state, which there are many. It's a great state. So I was so excited to come back and optimistic, and I'm still optimistic. I think that's why I'm running, is I believe in this state. I believe that we can do better um, and we can do more. Uh, people are great, um, and we need to leverage our assets, and we have the ability, if we have political will, to get things done. So there isn't a moment. There was a series of disappointments that led me to this point. Um, where I, you know, with education, um, with the economy, with affordability, where I just thought we could do better. Um, and I know we can do better if there's political will and if people want change. That is all the time that we have for today. Republican Ashley Kalis, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. You know, I'll tell you, it's a nice segment. That was uh, Kim Colonian. They call it Community Focus. Folks, good afternoon at 148. Um, how was that? How did she do? I don't know. I don't know about these answers. I think it's still, it's still, um, sounds, I want to be supportive. Um, it sounds, how does it sound? I don't know. It's just not. Granted, she got caught up a little bit. She really got caught up on the pro-life thing. I mean, that did come out of nowhere. All of a sudden, she has to answer about that. Um, I think Kim was fair with her. I think she was fair. I think... Um, I, I don't, I'm not convinced she's tapping into how disappointed and angry with how people are. I'll say it that way. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. And they're coming up... This Sunday's Mother's Day, stop in Rhode Island's number one garden center, see everything they have available, annuals, perennials, trees, shrubs, hanging pots, 10-inch, 12-inch, moss baskets, hanging impatience, pansies, marigold bags, 
large selection, beautiful patio pots, vegetable plants and herbs, um, tropical mandevillas, hibiscus plants, screen loom, mulch are available, pickup and delivery. Mulches are also dark pine, black, hemlock, crushed stone, full scale nursery. Everything you need to make your home a showstopper. Gift certificates are available. Look for them on Facebook. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. For Mother's Day is coming up on Sunday. Well, folks, again, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Right now, it is uh, 149. And I, I want to see where this goes. I think they got a lot of noise with what happened on Monday night. And now they're hunting for the leaker. And I believe, I believe that they now, they now, um, they want to try to keep it going. You know, women's rights are under attack. How dare they try? I, I want to see where this goes. I want to see if it's a story tomorrow. I think finding the leaker will be interesting. And I think they need to find the leaker, by the way. I do think that. I don't think they should let it go. Some people are speculating that it was one of the justices. I want to wait. They should be able to figure it out. Now, I also just saw this. So Elon Musk, I don't know if this is official. He could make some Twitter users pay slight fee to tweet. He's going to find new revenue streams for Twitter, adding a fee for certain accounts. Huh. Twitter will always be free for casual users, maybe a slight cost for commercial and government users. Um, He's going to make a few plans to cut costs, raise revenue. He's going to cut salaries. Save them $3 million. Flirted with the idea of charging a user fee for media companies that embedded tweets from verified... Media companies that embed tweets from verified accounts. Adding to the perception he's... Demand of the people's latest plan do not involve instituting fees against regular, the regular user. Twitter will always be free for casual users. Maybe a slight cost for commercial government users. Well, here's the question. I'm going to answer it. Would you pay to use Twitter? Yes. You know what? I welcome this. I wouldn't mind this because if it costs one buck, it'll it'll get rid of clear out a lot of dead wood. I have no problem with this at all. Get rid of the anonymous counts accounts charge just a small fee because if there's a small fee, then they can track who it is that is sending out these tweets. So I have no, would I pay for that? 100%. I welcome it. Good. Can't happen soon enough. Now, as far as, again, where the story goes, I'm not saying that it, 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 it wasn't a story, obviously. The leak, I think the fact that something leaked out of the Supreme Court is is just as significant as the story that leaked on. Either way, um, I'm looking at the New York Times. Draft abortion opinion leaves all sides uneasy over court uh, politicization. 
gave pause to Americans, heightening the perception of a very political, politicized court. And it is a politicized court. A decision isn't expected till this summer, leaving a divided nation bait to prepare for the possibility of it. Well, what this is going to do is now make this this dominant story issue analysis. The leak suggests internal disagree at the, disarray at the Supreme Court, excuse me, a blow to its legitimacy. And I agree with that. With women making up over half of the workforce, abortion's a business issue. So why have companies remained silent? Abortion providers said they were rushing to meet increased demand. See, that type of thing, it just, it just creates panic for people. Um, something to watch. Concerns over expanded war rise as Russia's Victory Day holiday approaches. Western officials that Putin could use the holiday to intensify attacks in Ukraine. That is definitely a fear. And it's a very legitimate fear, by the way, and it should be. Um, also, huge win. That that J.D. Vance was nowhere. He was nowhere until President Trump gave him the endorsement. And the reason why he was nowhere was also he, he was a big anti-Trump guy. Now, you know what's interesting about this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which I normally wouldn't talk about, but... The problem is somebody starts out with a good idea. Let's have a rock and roll hall of fame. But they don't think like long term. Because if they thought long term, they would have said, we're only going to induct a certain number per year. Because then it's going to mean something. The fact that Eminem, Lionel Richie, Dolly Parton, and Duran Duran are being included into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, then just call it the Music Hall of Fame. It's no longer the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, in the beginning, right? The Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Elvis. And then, you you know, you start with those three. You start with Elvis, the Beatles, the Stones, and then you go on from there. But... Dolly Parton, Eminem, Lionel Richie are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Duran Duran and Carly Simon. That that's not a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's just not. Did you see that? Oh, um, Wall Street Journal had a good piece, folks. And again, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM thirteen eighty and nine hundred nine point nine FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by Competition Shooting Supplies. Stop it and see them for firearms and ammunition. See my friend John Francis, the defender of the faith, at Competition Shooting Supplies. Now, not only do they have firearms and ammunition, and he's my gun guy, but on top of that, uh, maybe you're listening right now and you're saying, you know what, I I wouldn't mind having $500 or $1,000. So you can sell them. To competition shooting supplies. Wall Street Journal, the Supreme Court leak on Roe v. Wade. <sighs> Just Alito's careful draft opinion finally grasped the constitutional nettle on abortion. Wall Street Journal writes, the leak that it overturned is an unprecedented breach of trust. One must be assumed done with malice after for, uh, with malice aforethought. The court's response should be to go about its business as usual, not be intimidated. 
The question I ask in a leak case is always, who benefits? The court confirmed that the leak draft is real. So we doubt the leak came from the five justices or the clerks in the majority. What would they have to gain? The leaker is someone who opposes the majority view. Must bring outside pressure to bear on the court to turn one of the justices and sustain a constitutional right to abortion. The leak to Politico that five justices voted after oral arguments. The pressure is intense to get one of them to turn, which has happened before. In a classic game of the lobbying genre, progressive, progressive law professor Noah Feldman voted a long Bloomberg essay last August telling Justice Brett Kavanaugh saving Roe is his best chance to remove the stain of his confirmation fight. And listen to this, folks. Anyone who believes that isn't paying attention to Senator Sheldon Whitehouse on the left. The end of April is the customary, if unofficial, date inside the court for changing a vote. So leaks shortly after the date suggest the motive is to ramp up outside pressure. It's already succeeding as the reaction from the left and the media has been... Unbelievable. Um, Feldon rushed out his view that the Supreme Court quote is broken. All done to try to discredit the court. But the person trying to break the court is the leaker. Democrat leader Nancy Pelosi sure went out with press releases. You know, with they want our brain, the coup said blah, blah, they can't. The fury is intended to intimidate the justices and use abortion to change the election subject in November. From Democrat policy failures, look for the return of the threats to break the Senate filibuster, pack the Supreme Court, impeach justices. So that is the intent. But it's got to be settled by the court. All right, folks, right now at 159, again, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. This portion of our program is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge are on the deck. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Coming up, you're going to hear the 2 o'clock news uh, and then the John Dion program. I am back tomorrow at 11. I will be doing Facebook later tonight. We have a very special Facebook tomorrow night. Enjoy this Wednesday and stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. As always, visit the website, dpetro.com. Enjoy this Wednesday. WNRI Winsocket, W260DC. WNRI.